20,000 steps, have a good laugh, and work on something in your business that will put it in a better position than it was today. Hello, and welcome to the Leaders of B2B podcast. On this show, we bring you interviews with leading executives at today's rapidly growing B2B tech companies. We dissect the stories, strategies, and journey of CEOs, COOs, CMOs, and more as they share their professional journey. Tune in each week for new episodes from today's leaders. This episode is brought to you by Content Allies. We help B2B tech companies build and run revenue-generating podcasts. We set you up with weekly interviews with your ideal prospects and strategic partners. You show up and have engaging conversations. We handle everything else. Learn more about launching your podcast at contentallies.com. This episode is brought to you by Ad One Zero, where we do lead to close sales execution for B2B services companies with a technology flair. If you're looking to scale your company from six figures to seven figures of revenue, talk to Ad One Zero. Hey, B2B leaders, welcome back. This is Ledge again. As you know, I am a co founder and managing partner of. Add one zero where we provide sales execution and lead closing for B2B services businesses. Our guest today is Sandeep Patel. He is the CEO and founder of Iorad, and I am super stoked to talk to him today about how he has absolutely brilliantly hacked the learning space. So Sandeep, give an introduction of yourself and your company. Um, that's that was a pretty good introduction. I don't think I need to add anything. But yeah, I'm Sunny Patel, founder of a company called IRAD. We make it a breeze to capture step-by-step -step application uh, instructions for all those systems that run your business. Yeah, I so I, I went through this thing and everybody needs to, to check this out because if you are documenting any procedure or process, and I know if you're like us with like... 14 different tools in the sales tool chain and the operation and you're trying to you know align especially now gosh with remote work everywhere and distributed workforce there's so much time spent slacking back and forth how do you do x y or z god forbid if you're still using email i don't know maybe you're trying to throw this stuff in a google doc or maybe you have a knowledge management system even then it'd be great to be able to load up stuff and you know keep it the right way so yeah, uh, talk more about the system. You know, I want I want everybody to know about this, and I want to know kind of like how you solve this problem that totally sucks for so many different people. Yeah, so it took a very long time to get the technology right because it, as uh, as simple as it sounds, there's a ton of technology uh, working in the background. So, uh, do you want me to kind of go in the history first, or? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like you you got to this for a reason. So yeah, yeah I mean, tell tell about that. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. And so I've always had my own kind of company. I've never actually uh, worked like a W2 kind of official for anybody. So I've always been a contractor. And so one of those things was I kind of fell into this training space. And so I got uh, pretty good at it. And so a lot of my work was around developing e-learning for companies. So I was really focused on pharma companies. So the way it would work is they would hire me. I would go in. I would sit with you, who is the subject matter expert. I would learn the system myself. And then I would basically put this, together this training. And obviously, a lot of that was application training. 
And I was like, man, this sucks because you're copy pasting <laughs> screenshots. You're spending so much time and it's such an inefficient process. And I was like, there's, I, I wish there was a tool that I could just hand to you as the subject matter expert. It watches what you do. And then that's it. it the software takes care of everything else in terms of uh, distribution, uh, sharing, learning, and where it's in the cloud. So there's no saving, there's no exporting. It's just live. So that was the idea. And then uh, when I went and started looking, there was no tool that existed. I am not a developer or a designer, so I'm not like a code guy. So I had to figure out, I had to find people. But before I found people, I was like, how am I going to pay for this? <laughs> that classic <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, so, so the first question I had to ask myself was, uh, can I raise money? And the answer was no, because I do not like numbers. I don't like pitching. And so I said, okay, what is, and plus I'm probably uninvestable because I was a biology major, non-developer. And so the idea was, okay, so then if I want to make this a reality, how can I do it? So then I said, okay, I have this thing that I'm pretty good at. I have contacts and a, and a name in this training field for pharma companies. So I said, if I can build this up, I can start paying for product development. And so that's exactly how it went from once I had full-time, four full-time kind of projects with four different pharma companies. And I was just doing that. And I was taking all that money that was generating there and kind of throwing it over and testing. And, and if you look at it, it took seven years to cut, cause again, it's about the people. So I have to, I started with a small little shop in India and we obviously, when you get the actual product, it, it didn't do what it was supposed to, but it, it, it gives people an idea of where it can go. And so from that, you know, people started giving feedback and then we were able to, you know, get a, like at least a working prototype. And then, um, yeah, we kind of kept going, experimenting for, for seven years. And then in 2014, after seven years, mind you, we, we turned on the billing portion of it where the credit card gets charged. And I remember going to sleep and I heard that ping, right? And I was like, <laughs> nice. oh my God, we got our first customer. I turned over to my wife. I said, wake up, we got our first customer. And her first question was, how much? And I said, $40. And she turned around and went to sleep. And she goes, you woke me up for $40. But for me, <laughs> after seven years, man, that was... Uh, man, when you heard that cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years of development, man. So that three in the morning, there was a company. There was a company in Malaysia that purchased it, and um, I actually got to meet him. But that's another story. But yeah, that's how we started, and and um, that that was so. The problem itself of how do you show somebody how to do something in in an application was what kind of I obsessed about that one problem, and and I would like visualize. Okay, if they click here, how can I save a click? How can we make it a little bit more efficient? So. You know, th through all that, that just just the having that problem to obsess over is what carried me for seven years. Obviously, through those big, huge dips when you're trying to figure out how to make payroll and and um, you know, because in, in entrepreneurship, it's hilarious. Like you know, you 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 have confidence, but the problem is with confidence, it wanes, right? It it it, it it's like ebbs and flows. And so one minute you're like, I'm going to be the next Bill Gates. The next minute it's like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Right. So the, the, what carries you is not really the confidence. And this is what I realized much later on looking back is, is really the, the, the clarity of the vision, right? 
where it's super, super blurry in the beginning, but as you start doing little, little things every day and it starts compounding and the vision starts getting clearer and clearer, then you have that direction. So it doesn't matter, you know, what the ebbs and flows are. And if you lose a customer, if you lose an employee, that vision is what really keeps you zoned in and keep, gives you that keeps giving you that motivation to keep moving forward. So the vision for you, is it, has it reached there now or is it, you know, sort of like, bigger you know and, and you're just kind of still on the way there yeah so the uh so the to be honest the vision that i had is basically surpassed that right in terms of how easy it is and 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 how, how seamless seamless it is but there is a ton more work to be done because ideally i don't know if you've seen the movie matrix yeah, you know, of course yeah. when he's in the when he's in the chair and then you know he puts in the little chip and he, he wakes up and he's like i know kung fu like I really want it that, that easy where, you know, you should be able to ask uh, Alexa and then Alexa can do it for you, right? So there's, there's still a, a, a huge gap in the, at least technology, but we're trying to go toward that because applications, they're not like people kind of, um, you know, they focus on the product, but it really isn't like uh, from a user point of view, they don't want to, they don't really care. They just want to accomplish something and get out of there, right? They want to do a task. And so... Like the current training is like, hey, this is where you're going to find the header and you could do all these cool things here. People don't want to really know that, right? Unless you're like some geek or some power user. But the real people want to say, hey, I have this task. How do I get it done and get to do work that really matters? So that really is where where I'm kind of focused on. And, and there's still a ton ton more to do there. So you're like, you're like Tron, you fight for the users. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. <laughs> Again, and my focus has always been, I wasn't building this for anybody else. I was really building it for myself because I had that problem where I was copy pasting screenshots and I was like, man, this sucks. And I, and so it's a lot easier when you're building it for yourself, right? When you eat your own dog food, because then you don't need to depend on customer feedback because you kind of have an idea of what you want the solution to look like, right? And so that really would be my, and, and I tell people that all the time, like when people ask me which way is better, I mean, you, you really need to be self-aware, but for me, it's better to tackle your own problems just because it gives you a much, it gives you a, a better starting point and then clarity will come as you keep continuously working on that problem. You know, I have wrestled with this exact thing, great topic for, you know, founders, because I, I did some things where I, you know, was solving my own problem. And I was so specific about solving it that, you know, I kind of niched myself out of like ever being able to find anybody else because I was like, I had a unique problem. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like something that I could sell, you know? So how did you determine the market? Like you just kind of like gut check it. Like what if you're the only one that had that problem and, or cares about the solution? Yeah, so that's why I had the advantage, right? Because I had the advantage because in that consulting, right, I was going across all these different pharma companies and inside those companies, everybody is doing application training of some sort, right? Because they're investing millions and millions of dollars in these applications, but if their users don't know how to do anything in the applications, it's basically a waste. So I was able to see that this was a big enough market because if pharma companies, I mean, what company doesn't use applications? They all do, and they all need to teach their users how to do something. So that was a gift and a curse also knowing that the market was so big. But again, I really think that those 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 niche problems are probably to your advantage when you're working. Obviously, marketing it is a tough tougher sell, but when you can solve something so elegantly, I do think that 
that is where people will come to you. Like, so if you look at my trajectory, we have zero sales, zero marketing um, in terms of uh, workforce. We only focus on the product and education. And so they find us, they find you, like those initial customers, like, we, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Hacker News. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, I, when we had that prototype ready, I actually posted that on Hacker News. That's all I did. And we went like viral on that in that on that site and we went to one and then like we had like 50 comments they're all saying like oh my god this is amazing it would save me so much time and so that's really that hacker news thread you can even search it online is what gave me the confidence then to really invest everything that i had at that point because before then i was still not sure i was um still working my consulting job so i had money coming in and i was i was putting it in but it was more like hey let's try this out but once that 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 Hacker News article hit and people started commenting that, you know, this is amazing and, and we need this in our company. And that gave me the confidence to kind of say, oh, there is a real market behind here. So did you post that like on a whim? Like, I mean, it's just like posting on Hacker News is almost like, you know, like terrifying for <laughs> like, there was no I, I'm, I'm guessing this was like back maybe in the day when there was no product hunt. It was a little bit more, you know, friendly to right. such a thing. So <laughs> you're like. You're like running into the jungle and yelling out loud about your solution. It can be pretty brutal on there. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and that that's the whole thing is when you're coming in, you have this fear of judgment and you have imposter syndrome and you have, you know, because you have most of us have no idea what we're doing and we're kind of figuring it out as we go. But at that point, when I had the when I got the guts to do it was uh, when I used it. Because I was a big Hacker News guy because that's where I got most of my information where, you know, everybody's sharing really cool stuff. And so they have this thing where you can tag something, show HN. So I always had it in my back of my mind when I was ready and I felt like comfortable that you can actually use it and get a, a useful output, like a value. That's when I would post it. And then, yeah, that the night before was I uh, in our latest build, I tried it out. I said, wow, this is pretty cool. And I was impressed with our own stuff. And so that gave me the courage to say, okay, now it's ready. I had no idea that people would actually, I thought there would be like one person saying, yeah, cool stuff. But then, uh, you know, people started commenting on it. And then that's when I knew that the problem was big enough that a real business could be made out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. So off to the races. Then, yeah. uh, what, what have you learned, you know, along the way, building teams, uh, mistakes made, lessons learned? Yeah, so the main the main thing, and it's what it's always been about, is people, right? And you know, when you're hiring and firing so many people, you get to see different characteristics, right? So what I was before, I was always hiring for positions, and that was always that was always hit or miss, right? When you're when you have a specific thing, because you don't you can't gauge the person until they're on the job, and so what I started to do much later after all these expensive lessons of hiring people and then figuring out that they're not right is really hiring for two things. It's basically people that are super resourceful and they, they will, that they will figure it out. So I didn't, I don't have positions in mind, but when I spot a person that I know is resourceful and that will figure it out, those are the people that I hired. And then I kind of put them in these, in, in the proper places. Right. That's a very Jim Collins, good to great, you know, who first, then what yeah. kind of thing. Doesn't, doesn't that scare you? Like investing money in people with like not even knowing where they're going to contribute? No, because I know, and this is, this goes back to the human spirit. I know 
and th this is kind of like how I did, right? I, I don't have any kind of formal training in this. I just figured it out as I went. Yes, it takes longer, but those are the people you want to be in the trenches with because you know, especially being in, in, in this entrepreneur startup world, things are getting thrown at you left and right. And if you're not able to adapt and move and shift, you're, you're going to be. So if you're getting somebody that's specifically in this one thing that they're experts in, like some somebody throws a curveball, they're going to be lost. Right. So for me, it was all about, hey, how can I find somebody that just figures stuff out? So I could give you like an example is one of our customers, you know, she there was a girl. She went into she she was an IRAD customer. She brought IRAD into her first company. She left that company, brought IRAD into her second company. So now she was a, she's a huge fan of the product. So then uh, we're on a call and she's like, uh, do you know anybody that's hiring? I guess she was looking for her next thing. And I said, yeah, send me your, your portfolio. She said, I don't have one. And I said, well, can you put one, one, one together on, you know, just throw it up on Google sites, put it together. And she goes, I don't really know HTML or anything. I'm like, yeah, but she goes, okay, I could do that. I said, how long do you need? She said, seven, seven days. I said, okay, cool. I said, so on the seventh day, you shoot, shoot me that. And then I'll send it out to all my network of people. And literally, uh, she emails me the next day, says, it's ready. Do you want the link? I said, let's jump on a call. <laughs> so I jump on the Zoom call. She put together this site with her portfolio. She figured it out. And she's, yeah, so she, I was just like, okay, how, how about working for us? And she goes, what would I do? I, don't, I go, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So she's been with me since then. And she's my, my, my right-hand person right now. I, I I resonate with this because I've been in my entrepreneurial journey kind of like, it, you know, a bunch of failed companies. I mean, bad ideas, a couple of things that made it along the way. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've blown up some, some fair amount of stuff, you know, learning the hard way. Yeah. But what I have been excited about and always proud about was that I people collected along the journey. And the, the dream team just kept kind of getting more and more uh, precise you yeah. know, and then when there was finally a thing that that clicked from a market standpoint, I was able to, you know, sort of tag out and get my partner and and get, you know, a bunch of people that that would follow along like Pied Piper, you know, just <laughs> like, trust me, we're doing this thing. I know it doesn't make sense right now. But if I look at any value along the way, it's that, you know, like and you probably same thing for that. That's seven years of of slogging for you is that you could people collect over that time. Well, that, and that was, well, so that, that's where my kind of shift happened was during those seven years, I was just like product, product, product. And I was just like, I was just hiring for people like that. I was using like, are you an expert in JavaScript? Yeah. Okay. And then I would hire them. And then what you would find is they couldn't adapt to these different technologies. And so for seven years, I was working like that. I was just like, Hey, are you an expert? In this? I want to hire you. And then what I realized was that's when I learned all these lessons, right? Where if you hire these really big specialists versus a generalist, you get stuck in these ways. And then I was like, you know what? If I shift my mindset and into hire these generalists that can just adapt in any situation, those are the people you want to be in the trenches with. And so from the product, I, then I started shifting to, it's not really about the product. The product is the product, but it's about the people behind it and your customers. And it really is about the people and every, anything. The product is just a tool, you know? Right. How do you interact with customers like in the, you know, so you're largely a self-serve tool. You talked about not having sales and marketing. So yeah. how do you interact with customers? So that's mainly our thing is 
when you get onto the site, your first thing is a welcome email, whatever. And it's really around jumping on a demo, right? So once you get, you, you're like, oh, cool. You either purchase it on your own, but if you want to know more about the product, that's when I'll get on the Zoom. And I still do all of the, 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 the demos every day because I, I really that really what keeps you in touch with the problems that they're facing, right? Because during the demo call, they'll be like, hey, does your app do this? And th those are where the product ideas come from now because before, and this happened, my transition happened where this year actually, because before, up until this year, I always call myself a founder. I would never say CEO because CEO means too much responsibility. I just wanted to work on my little thing and just do my little thing and just call it a day. And so what I realized was I was turning into like this micromanager that really wasn't thinking or uh, having ideas for the product beyond that. So I was like, hey, what's the status on this? And what's the status on this? I was like, man, I really got to transition my role. So now I've become, because because now the ideas were coming from customers. It wasn't coming from me anymore. So then what I had to do was kind of take a step back and say, okay, now do I really want to grow this where this is an app that I use that provides tremendous amount of value. We have tons of big companies using us like Zoom is one of our biggest customers. And I now it's I have a duty to basically take this as far as I can take it. So I've started to embrace more of a marketing and more of a sales approach. So now a customer experience. So now we're developing all these teams and it has nothing to do with product. So interesting. So product led and then took it to, to people. Yeah. I mean, almost everybody I talk to is founder and CEO. And yeah. you just drew a distinction, at least in your mind, right? Like that you, you felt that was different, you know? So for, for your story, what, yeah. what was the shift? You know, what, what was the difference? Because everybody starts out, I'm founder and CEO, I'm founder and CEO, and they stay that way, but you just drew a line, you know? So what, what is that? So one, I never, cause it was uh, in my mind, when I think CEO, it's, that's where, uh, all the responsibility is yours, whether it's HR sales, marketing product, everything, the responsibility is yours, right? So I never had, I never wanted that, right? So I said, okay, what if I just develop a product and people just buy it and I'm cool, right? So that's what a founder is. It's like, hey, I'll jump on a call with you. I'll talk about it. But there really is, I don't, I use the word responsibility, uh, but that really is it, right? As a founder, I can just do all these, I can just keep doing what I'm doing is building product, talking to customer, building product, talking to customer. But when you're building a company, an organization, a CEO has all these things under his head, right? So then I knew that I would have to kind of, I don't want to say divorce myself from product, but essentially that's what it is because now you're doing everything probably except product, right? Everything else is kind of under your umbrella is where now you're recruiting people. So I spend most of my time now hiring, right? And so that we're doing some security and compliance and all these kind of things. And so th that was when this year I told, that's when I said, I, I didn't want to become a, a micromanager anymore. I wanted to take it to the next step and to take it to the next step. You need things like SOC 2 compliance and you need things like, you know, uh, legal and HR and all these kind of things. So now I've kind of taken on as a, as, as another problem that I got to solve. So I've, I've kind of applied those skills that I've done with just building product now with building out these different parts of the business. And other people might have solved that challenge where you don't, you got too many things on your plate, 
they might just say, you know, hey, from from my CEO place, I'm really going to be chief product officer. I'm going to hire a COO. I'm going to hire a president to be the integrator. Or, you know, I'm going to take sales off my plate and I'm going to do something else. So have you faced the stuff that, you know, it's like if you're going to be integrator, you also can't do all the things. So it's, it's that team building, I guess, right? Yeah, and, and it really comes down, and I'm a big um, Gary V fan, and I, I, I really subscribe to that philosophy is self-awareness. What are you good at? What are you not good at, right? And so, like, just knowing internally, like, so when I told you when we were, when I, when I had the product idea and I was deciding whether to raise money or, or you know, or bootstrap it, I had to look, like, am I... Do I have the, the ability to raise money and face rejection after rejection after rejection? And the answer is no. <laughs> so because I was, I could have wasted a year trying to raise money and then realizing it, but I was just like, I wouldn't enjoy that, right? So I was just like, that just, it, it never even entered my mind after I made that thing saying that I would not be very good at this. So I said, you know what, let me focus on bootstrapping and then taking it as far as I can take it. So being self-aware, I think, is 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 the main thing as as for any leader in a company is just understanding what you are good at, what you're capable of handling, and then kind of filling in those spots. So yeah, if you're a if you're a CEO founder and you want to stick with product, you can hire a good COO, right? So I just know that for me, this was the time to kind of take a step back from product because now most of the direction is coming from customers where it doesn't need me to kind of envision something where we can, we, so now I can take these challenges. I mean, it is a challenge building out these other teams. So I'm enjoying it though. Yeah. It's a huge challenge. Uh, you know, and I wonder, talk about the, the self-awareness thing, because when you get stuck in, you talk, you described it as like, Oh, I'm becoming a micromanager, which is like, you're like, you're in the details, you're fighting fires all the time. You're not, you're doing the urgent, the not important. And, you know, there's a lot of frameworks to, to think about that. And you're most likely not carving out time to be self-aware, you know? So I kind of wonder like as a, a CEO, maybe growing up in the founder, you know, seat there and realizing this, this integrator responsibility or overarching responsibility, what did you have to build in and how do you maintain the self-awareness discipline? I was always becoming um, defensive versus offensive, right? So I was always in the respond mode where um, something comes in and I'm responding, right? Versus looking out, setting a direction, and then just charging ahead. So that was really where, um, you know, to keep things on, on on timeline, you have to be very defensive, right? Because you're, you're saying, okay, I, I see a roadblock here, I have a roadblock here. Hey, what's your status here? So you're, you're trying to set this thing, but you're really just responding versus setting a direction and then charging ahead. So that was really where the shift had to happen was to go from, to switch that mindset was, was the tough part. Yeah. So, and do you, do you keep like some kind of, I don't know, you know, some people meditate, some work out, you know, yeah. like what's your, what is your self-awareness routine? So, and this all happened, a lot of the growth happened this year. So I had, I set up these three pillars, I call it, right? And so for me, you know, everybody talks about systems, but I only can work on a super simple system, right? So anything, if you ask me to watch calories and do this and do that, I will fall apart at seams. So I set these three kind of pillars. One was obviously health. So health means 
no matter what, and I've been doing this for about six months, where I have to hit 20,000 steps in a day. That's the thing. So no matter what, seven days a week, rain or shine, I am outside walking 20,000 steps. So I'll do like hour and a half in the morning, maybe uh, another hour at night. So I get my 20,000 steps. Then the second one is wealth, right? So wealth to me is my company. So I have to work on it, on my company, at least no matter how bigger, no matter uh, the volume doesn't matter, but I ha just have to make sure that I do something in the day to make sure it moves forward just a little bit, whether it's a micro step. If I, if I moved it a micro step ahead than it was today, I'm a success, right? And the last one is like happiness, family time. So for me, I carve out most of my afternoon. I go home, I hang with the kids while they're on Zoom. We laugh. We have, the the key the key is you have to have one good laugh during the day, and then so that those are my three that I just focus on. And there's no room for slacking off in those three. So twenty thousand steps, have a good laugh, and work on something in your business that will. Uh, at least a micro step that put it a put it in a better position than it was today. I love that. That's a great framework. And and you're right. It's that simplicity. Just saying. Yeah. I think as you know, sort of entrepreneurs, we have these grandiose things, and we'll spend. You know, I know I've done it. Like I'll spend an entire several days setting up some ridiculous system that I know damn well. Like I just like building building stuff. Like I'm not going to yeah. follow this. You know, I'm going to fail out of this next week. So I've had a similar, you know, experience in the last uh, while. I was just trying to figure out, you know, hot man, how do I hack my brain? Because I won't follow my own disciplines at all. I honestly think that all those things, building these really complex things and then realizing that's just a part of the journey because you have to build something that's super complex. And then as the years go by, so the way I look at it is, you know, there's two types of art. There's additive art which means, you know, when you're sculpting something, you're adding the clay and then you're doing it. And then there's subtractive art, which is you get a piece of block and then you're chipping away at something, right? So I'm of the mindset of subtractive art. You get this entire blob of something and then your job is basically to chip away every day a little bit. Here, simplify this, cut this out, cut this out. And at the end, you will be left with this beautiful, simple masterpiece. So I do think that, and I think we're very similar in that way where we, we just have these super complex ideas. Yes, it's too overwhelming. Yes, we, we were just like, what the hell are we doing? But I do think that's where the actual, because it, when you build something really complex, that's your mind is basically putting together these illogical connections where there are no connections. So it's just a part of the journey of building something. Well, like enjoying that. That's what it is. Like I, I you know, I turned all these things into business ventures instead of just saying, you know, what is a, what is a system that I can be disciplined with? And finally, you know, it is the first time I'm saying this publicly, but I think I've hacked my brain at age 44 and I'm actually, I'm actually keeping a habit for like 30 days. And the only way I could get that to work was I took a dry erase marker and I wrote it on my mirror. <laughs> That's the only thing that works. None of the technology solutions. I've never, I've never met a to-do list system or labeling or anything that I couldn't fail out of, but it turns out if I write it on my mirror, I seem to actually follow it. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're, we're the same generation. So I'm, I'm 45. So I think we have very similar mindsets. And, and like I told you, this just happened, like these simple systems just happened within the last year. So there's hope, right? For everybody. <laughs> 
yeah. Can't get their act together. Because yeah. I was, uh, my son, he's, um, he's in college and he's studying a documentary film studies and he's, he created his own little agency, you know, to do uh, film work or, or video work for, for companies. And he must have spent like, I don't know, three weeks on his logo, right? And I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. Just throw anything out there. Nobody cares. And then what I realized was, you know what? The your logo is like your flag, right? Where it's gonna when you have when you're down in the dumps, you could look at that thing. So these are all just parts of the rites of passage. I think if you haven't spent three weeks on a logo, you haven't you need that experience of learning that it doesn't matter, you know. So and another another of my colleagues pushed on me as he was he was designing a logo. I said, dude, I literally I just came up with the thing that everybody loves our brand and I came up with it like in the shower one day. You know, and like after after having those, you know, sort of agonizing three week logo conversations with partners years ago and uh, and he rightfully pointed out that this maybe the the speed to which I'm able to discern out of my brain a decent brand is because of all those those times that we were crazy and that we had that experience. So I, I took that as a as a point well taken, touche, you know, that I, maybe it's not so easy. And then I, you know, I finally have accumulated enough experience and hard won wisdom to do something right. So. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Cause you got to go through the tough times and then you'll, uh, to, to be able to appreciate the good times. Yeah, right, right. The yin and yang. Right. I think, I think that in entrepreneurship, it seems like there's, there's often, you know, sort of, you get a hit pretty early on, or you really have to slog and, and get one later. And we seem to mythologize the early wins more than the ones that come later. And I, I like to make sure that everybody knows that, it, you know, you, you're not going to hit it out of the park in, in most cases right away. Yeah. And my advice to everybody is really around when you're thinking of things to work on, just understand what is going to drive you. Because again, there are those lulls and those dips are big dips, right? So how, what can you, what do you have the ability to suffer through to be able to accomplish? So that's my whole thing is because you, you'll find most people will think of an idea, start doing something and they'll start, they'll abandon it right within, you know, 60 days, <clears throat> you know, 90, maybe they'll put three months, maybe they'll put a year even, but you know, once it gets hard, that's when, you know, it's like, it's like those, um, you know, when you're, when you want to be an actor, you ever see these actors out in LA, they're like, they'll be busting tables for years and they'll do going on auditions, but they're doing it just because they want to do it. And they will go through those massive dips. So like when you can, when you think of an idea, do you just ask yourself, can you survive those dips? And then that, and that's why those, those, when, when you have these big visions and, and these, you can get, you, it's like an avalanche and you can get buried under that, right? So the idea is as you start thinking about this really complex project, as you start day by day, just start chipping away a little bit by a little bit. What is it? Uh, it's a, is it Michelangelo? How'd you make the, how'd you make the David? Or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, I started with a big block and I chipped away all the pieces that weren't David. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's awesome. So before we wrap, you know, what, what's, what's next for you, you know, paint more vision. What, what are you going to be doing? Um, now that you have all the, uh, all the wisdom of, of the years. 
So now it's really around, we call it awareness through education, right? So we have this tool, we have these customers, but what we're really doing is focused around developing content. So we're, we've created this whole Google ambassador training group. And so these are Google certified trainers across the world, and they are building tutorials on all these Google apps, right? So whether you're a business or you're a school, because really we're really big in the school system. So we're building out all this entire training across all the Google products, and then we're going to give it out free to all the schools, to all the companies, whoever needs it. All they need to do is download our little Chrome extension. They go to like, let's say Google Docs, they click on the Chrome extension and all that training will show up for free. So we're now we're really building this, this whole next five years is going to be around awareness through education. And so just to let people know that, hey, there is a tool like this that exists that can probably save you a bunch of time. Yeah, so that's what we're kind of kind of focused on. So like give away a lot of value in order to, to call attention to, hey, do you need this too for your business? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, just throw as much value as you can out in the world and let the people come to you. I love that. I love that. Cool. Well, Sandeep, this was super fun. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you or the company, just talk about where to where to find you. Yeah, you can reach out to us on irad.com. You can click that little question mark icon and then you can message us directly. And then if you need to email me, it's um, spatel at irad.com. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we uh, appreciate you showing up and dropping wisdom today. I could tell that, that you've earned your keep and you really accomplished a lot of stuff. So I, I love the I love the stories that you shared. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, this was fun. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the show. You can see the show notes and more links from today's episode at leadersofb2b.com.